I want to take you to the book of Ezekiel today, the 22nd chapter, verse 30, for our text. Hallelujah. I'm reading from the New King James Version. This is what it reads like. So I sought for a man among them who would make up a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. He said that he sought after a man who would make up a wall and stand in the gap. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Fathers, we come to you today. We thank you and we praise you for this beautiful service, God. Your presence has been here in a very mighty way in our worship. And now I ask, Lord, that you will help us, God, in these next few minutes to deliver this message that will encourage and uplift every one of us today to thank you, God, for the wonderful things you have brought us. In Jesus' name, let the church say, you can be seated. I want to speak to you on a subject title today, Remembering Those Who Have Stood in the Gap. Remembering those who have stood in the gap. The phrase, standing in the gap, goes back to a time to where walls were a major defense in the protection of a city or town. Now, I think about the Great Wall of China. Um, I have never personally seen it. It would be nice to see it, but... The Great Wall of China that was built so long ago, I recall I read somewhere that the Great Wall of China is the only man-made structure in the world which can be seen from outer space. That's got to be a massive structure. Hallelujah. Walls were built to keep invaders out. If ever a part of the wall had collapsed or a breach was made in a wall, that, that collapse or that breach was called a gap. And when an attack was made on a city that, uh, where the wall had a breach or a gap, the men would be called to stand in the gap in order to protect the city. Now, in the opening text that I read, God spoke of a massive gap in the spiritual wall of protection which surrounded Israel. Their sins and disobedience to God had caused a gap that would allow God's judgment to enter in the city and make retribution over their sins. But God loved this city. He always has and He always will. So God was hoping and God was looking for someone who would stand in that gap to make up a wall so they wouldn't be destroyed. But the scripture says he could find no one willing to stand in the gap. Now, on Memorial Day, and I'm bringing this out because I watched a little segment and where they was doing interviews on the street and man my heart broke 
that uh, that seventy some percent of uh, the millennial age people don't even realize what Memorial Day is about. They're not being taught it no more in schools, and they don't have a clue. Uh, on Memorial Day, we as Americans remember and honor those who have stood in the gap between freedom and tyranny. We remember those who have given their lives while standing in the gap to keep the invaders of freedom out. And as Christians, we also are reminded that we are called to stand in the gap for the spiritual health and well-being of this nation. We are in the same situation today as ancient Israel was back then. And God is looking for us. God is looking for us, the church, hallelujah, to stand in the gap and stop the downfall of this nation which was founded on religious liberty. Many people seem to forget what Memorial Day is all about. For many, Memorial Day is just a time to have picnics, go to ball games, and hey, Memorial Day is the first big day on the lake for a lot of folks. But Memorial Day is a day to stop and to honor and remember those who have given their lives so we can, Brother Kenneth, have picnics or we can go out to ball games and not be worried about a suicide bomber sitting down next to us. Hallelujah. It's, it's a day to remember those who have died for our freedom to assemble here this morning to worship the one true mighty God. Thank you, soldiers. Thank you who have shed blood so we can do what we're doing right here today. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Glory. I want to begin this message today by remembering one American hero who stood in the gap and laid it all on the line to defend his fellow soldiers and also this nation. Lieutenant Commander Butch O'Hare. Listen to this, young people. It's not being taught today. History is not being taught like it should or and uh, those that are teaching it all are trying to rewrite history and make it something it wasn't. But Lieutenant Commander Butch O'Hare, he was a fighter pilot assigned to the aircraft carrier Lexington in the South Pacific. One day, his entire squadron was sent on a mission. After he got airborne, he looked at his fuel gauge and he realized that the ones doing the fueling, someone had forgotten to top off his fuel tank. He would not have enough fuel to compete, complete his mission and get back to the ship. His flight leader told him to return to the carrier. He did not want to do that, but reluctantly he obeyed his orders. He dropped out of formation and headed back to the fleet. As he was returning to the mothership, he saw something that turned his blood cold. 
a squadron of Japanese aircraft were speeding their way toward the American fleet. Now all the squadron was gone on a mission but him. And there was no one there. Amen. The fleet was defenseless. He couldn't reach the squadron and bring them back in time to save the fleet. Nor could he warn the fleet of the approaching danger. There was only one thing to do. He must somehow divert them from the fleet. Laying aside all thoughts of personal safety, he drove into the formation of Japanese planes. He had a wing-mounted 50 caliber uh, gun that, that uh, began to blaze as he charged in, attacking one surprised enemy plane after the other. Butch wove in and out of those now broken formation uh, Japanese planes and fired at as many planes as possible until all of his ammunition was finally spent. But still, undaunted, he continued the assault. He drove at the planes trying to clip a wing on this one or clip a tail on that one in hopes of damaging as many planes as possible, rendering them unprofitable to fly. Finally, the exasperated Japanese squadron took off in another direction, and he was deeply relieved. Butch O'Hare and his tattered fighter limped back to the carrier. Upon arrival, he reported in and relented the events that just happened surrounding his return. There was a camera mounted on that 50 caliber gun, so they took the film from that camera to see what exactly had taken place and what story that it would tell. And it showed the extent of Butch's daring attempt to protect his fleet. He had, in fact, destroyed five enemy aircraft. This took place on February the 20th, 1942. And for the action, Butch, amen, became the Navy's first ace of World World War II, and the first naval aviator to win the Congressional Medal of Honor. A year later, Butch was killed in an air assault combat at the young age of just 29 years old. But his hometown would not allow the memory of this World War II hero to fade today because if you ever at one of the biggest airports in the country and ever go to Chicago, you will fly out of Chicago's O'Hare Airport because it's named in tribute to the courage of that great man. Hallelujah. I thank God that we have so many like Butch O'Hare through the history of our nation who have willingly stood in the gap for our freedom for what is right. The freedoms which we have cherished is because so many like him have stood in the gap. Now, while we honor our heroes for protecting our liberties, which include religious freedoms, we are in need of people who will stand in the gap for our faith, for the Christian faith is what I'm talking about. I'm afraid 
that we are going down the same path to destruction that the Israelites walked. We as a nation are losing our identity and our Christian heritage. If we do not have brave individuals who are willing to stand in the gap and fight for our faith, our future is bleak for this country. There's two things, two points I want to make in this message. Number one, we got to realize and don't ever forget this. Christ stood in the gap for us all. He stood in the gap for us all. When God created Adam, there was peace, protection, and safety in the garden. There was even a wall around Adam's health where no sickness or disease could get in and attack. My, my, Adam and Eve didn't even know what a sniffle was. They didn't know what hay fever was. Hallelujah. It was like there was a wall that was built. They was protected, amen, by the Creator God. But Adam's sin created a breach and a gap in the wall. And just as soon as Satan seen that breach and that gap, Satan penetrated the wall and brought all his evil with him, including death, amen, and destruction. Amen. When you want to assess where God is when something bad happens, don't talk about God. Talk about the devil. He's the one that got in. Hallelujah. No one was able to stand in that gap. Religions begin to pop up. Here and there are all kinds of religions. But religions failed to stand in the gap that was made over Adam's sin. It wasn't long a man by the name of Moses come along. And we've been talking about this and studying uh, the, uh, uh, the things we've been studying on Wednesday night, the covenants. Moses come along with the law. But guess what? The law couldn't fill the gap. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, it was strict, it was hard, it was a code that they needed to live by. Hallelujah, and those of you that was here on Wednesday nights know that a man was even taken and stoned to death for picking up sticks on the Sabbath day under the law. But that law, it couldn't fill the gap. It couldn't take care of the hole that was made because of Adam's sin. Oh, but then, hallelujah, then at the right time, a Savior appeared. Hallelujah, a Savior came, born under the law. Hallelujah, the Bible says, glory to God, came a Savior, and He was the only one who could stand in the gap for man to halt his headlong fall in destruction. In the book of John, the first chapter, in verse 29, if you will put that up there, the next day John, and this was John the Baptist, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and so said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If you don't mind, let me paraphrase that just a little bit. He looked and he said, Amen, behold, Amen, the gap filler. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Behold that one who's the repairer of the breach. Oh, oh, glory to God. Behold that 
one is going to save the whole world from death and destruction. Give him praise. Woo. <laughs> Glory. My, those, and then later, those who formed the first church, amen, and laid the foundation which we rest upon today, they stood in the gap and placed their lives on the line for the sake of Christ and for the truth of the gospel, beginning with a man by the name of Stephen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the first deacons in the church. Amen. Who stood before that council, not fearing death. Hallelujah. Amen. He stood in the camp and declared, Amen, in this message. Hallelujah. And there he died and his body fell laying in the gap, but nobody could get through because he defended. God is looking for you, mister. God is looking for you, sister, to say, I see what this nation is coming to. I refuse to... God looking for somebody who will fill the gap. Will you do it? Oh, come on, give God a hand clip of praise. Hallelujah. All through, all through the New Testament and the first century church, many of them gave their lives. Think about Rome and how Nero took Christians by the hundreds, tied them up, painted their whole body with pitch, which we call tar today, put them on stakes on both sides of the highway and at night lit them. And they say the man mad, mad man drew, drove his chariot through the streets of Rome in between those burning saints as they were screaming in pain, dying. Men, women who were standing in the gap. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, church. I don't know about you. Well, when I look about it, and going beyond them, and we, we mentioned a man, some of you know the man, but Polycarp, that 86-year-old man, oh, Lord. And what? He stood in the gap. What am I doing? What am I doing today? What are we doing instead of sitting around talking about how bad things getting? Hallelujah, God is looking for somebody to stand in the gap. Hallelujah. The second point, and I'm going to give you this as I, as I close with this. Never be silenced by fear. Hallelujah. Never be silenced by fear. If you are a child of God and you've got the gospel, you don't have nothing to fear. Hallelujah. Some is already holding back because they get scared. But the church of Jesus Christ must not shirk in fear. Do you hear what I'm saying? We got to move on. Hallelujah. There are souls dependent on people sitting in this auditorium this morning. There are people right now 
There are people in this auditorium, you got loved ones that will die and go to hell if you refuse to stand and speak. Don't be feared by harm. Don't be feared because they will get mad at you or upset with you. Because the greatest love anybody can show you is somebody willing to tell you the truth. The greatest love anybody ever showed me in my life was the person who told me what I needed to hear at the time I needed it. Because I would die without it. Do you hear me today? But a lot of people are being silenced by fear. We getting just getting started in this. We can't afford to shirk because of fear right now. The first inauguration of Franklin D. Roosevelt as a 32nd president of the United States was held on Saturday, March the 4th, 1933. The inauguration marked the commencement of the first four-year term of a president of a nation. No one had ever served four terms before. No one has ever served four terms since. His vice president, nobody much remembers his name because FDR built such a name for himself. But his vice president was John Nance Garner as a vice president. History lets us know that after taking the oath of office, Roosevelt proceeded to deliver his 20-minute-long inaugural address, which is best known for its famously pointed reference to fear. He said, So, first of all, my Americans, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror which paralyzes needed efforts to convert, retreat, and or go into advance. In every dark hour of our nation's life, a leadership of frankness and of rigor has met with that understanding and support of the people themselves, which is essential to victory. And I am convinced that you will again give that support to leadership in these critical days. You see, America was in the heart of the Great Depression. We don't really have a clue of what those people were going through. The stories that I know are been told many by my own father who lived it. He was a young man during that time. He was in his early 30s during that time. Nobody had any money. Amen. It was gone. There were soup lines all over the country. There was no, amen, social welfare or none of those things. My daddy at one point rented an apartment for a dollar a 
day, $30 a month, and he had to be put out because he couldn't come up with that. Hallelujah. So the nation was all to pieces, and they were scared, and they had fear everywhere. But there was a leader at the right time who stood up and said, Listen, we don't got nothing to fear, but fear itself. I understand everything looks bleak and that Satan has already won this nation. Some are actually sitting around waiting for judgment to fall, but I refuse to give up. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I'm not quitting. I'm not ready to turn this country to the hands of the Antichrist and to the devil. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I still believe that there's hope. Hallelujah. I still believe that the course of the battle can be altered. Hallelujah. I still believe that. You might not, but I believe that. Hallelujah. I don't believe it's got too bad yet to change. America is still the greatest nation in the world. Hallelujah. Nobody has ever got what we've got and nobody will ever achieve it again. If I thought he was over with, I doubt very seriously I would even come and stand behind this desk and preach to you. I'd just be living to myself, uh, praying and seeking God and making sure I was right on my own self and get ready. But I'm here today because I believe what the Word says. What does the Word say? The Word said that my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Turn from their wicked way. Then I will hear from heaven. Forgive us and heal their land. What do we need, Brother Sammy? I'll tell you what we need. We need some more Sister Kim Davises. who would refused to be silenced by fear. Looking at her, you would think she's not very much. Hallelujah. Oh, but the mighty God that was in her. She was not going to be silenced by fear. We need more Kim Davises who will say, go ahead, lock me up. But I won't bend and I won't bow. There's a lot of things I would love to do for this congregation and dreams and visions and different things. Many of them which I'm not able to perform myself unless God smiles on us with mercy and grace. And opens up a door, which I know he can do that. He'd done that already. We wouldn't be here if he hadn't opened up the door. But there's one thing I can do. I can love you. And I can stand and tell you the truth. Hallelujah. And to stand and preach this message 
without fear or favor of anybody. I don't care, amen, if the Congress sends, amen, the CIA, the FBI, and the NBA. Hallelujah. To spy and see what's going on. I'm still going to preach the same word, the same message. Hallelujah. I'm sold out. My mind is made up. I have drawn a line in the sand. And I will fight to my dying day. America. Land of the free because of the brave. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to tell you all hope's gone. I've been a man of faith all my life and I can't shirk back on this. Hallelujah. So just as Christ stood in the gap, just as the apostles stood in the gap, just as we've had American soldiers stand in the gap, God is still looking for men and women to stand in the gap. Sister Rebecca, I've got to have you come sing that song this morning. Hallelujah. I feel like she probably knows which song I'm talking about. But I really feel like we got to, we got to make commitment. Listen, we got, I don't know if you've, if you've noticed, we got some beautiful children in this facility. Babies. From, from all the different families. If nothing else, we got to stand for their sake. I sure don't want these beautiful children to be left when I'm gone with all this garbage that's trying to be put off on them today. Somebody's got to be standing to tell the truth. In the pack of lies that you hear day in and day out, somebody has got to draw a line in the sand. Stand together. If you want to come and pray and pray, you got a need, the altars are open. Bless. Thank the Lord.